This is the message from Connection Community Church for January 5th, 2020. 2020, hindsight. So good morning and happy new year. Happy new year. Welcome to 2020. Has a double meaning for us here this month as we Welcome in the new year, but also it's our focus throughout the month of January 2020 as Envision. And this morning, we're going to be focusing on hindsight. Good morning, Connection Church. So glad to have you here today. You could have chosen to do anything else, and we are just honored that you chose to be here and worship with us this morning. Our mission here at Connection is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers you're welcome to... Hi, everybody on Facebook Live. <laughs> it's great to see you. Can everybody, like, wave to the people? Yep. Oh, yep. I see them waving back. Yep. We They're are one church, many locations. I've got it right here, like Florida and Georgia and lots and lots of places. So we're glad that everybody's here with us. Did I say my name? I'm Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today that you could gather us here this morning. It is no accident that any one of us are here. God, you have something to say to us. And so use this time, whether it's through scripture or through the words that we say or through a hug or through a conversation, whatever it takes, Lord, get our attention. Boy, that's a dangerous prayer. Get our attention so that we would know you more fully and understand your call on our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so according to the American Optometric Association. Wow. So I struggled with the word optometric. That's why Alan said, wow. Like I had to write it out phonetically. It still doesn't make sense to me, that word. It sounds weird to me, optometric. Can you guys say it for me? All right, well, I'll go with it. So, I don't know how it's... Well, you're done with it now. I'm done with it now. I don't have to say it anymore. 2020 vision. 2020 vision is a term that's used to um, express normal visual acuity, the clarity or sharpness of vision. And it is measured at a distance of 20 feet. So if you have 20-20 vision, you can see clearly at 20 feet what normally should be seen at that distance. If you have 20-100 vision, it means that you must be as close as 20 feet to see what a person with normal vision could see at 100 feet. Yeah. 20-20 is the standard of measuring vision. It doesn't mean that your vision is perfect, however. There are lots of factors involved. And so when I go to the doctors and I get my glasses, the hope is that with my corrective lens, I can see 2020. Hello, hello. And so we get interesting expressions from this, such as hindsight is 2020. Everybody ever heard that expression? Maybe you use that expression, hindsight 2020. So what it means is, you know, since that's perf- or normal vision looking back, we see things clearly, right? When we look in the past at what's already happened, we can see it more clearly than what's in the future that we don't really know 
what's coming. Uh, likewise, uh, one of the mistakes we've made in the past, hopefully with hindsight 20, we'll know not to make those same mistakes in the future. We'll know better how to act or react given a situation. You know, it's a lot easier to see the past than the future, isn't it? Yeah, because we've already experienced it. It means hopefully we learn from our mistakes, hopefully. The key word there, hopefully. Now, since I've gotten older, I know it's hard to tell, but I've gotten older, one of my favorite Old Testament verses, now for me, this is probably about 25 years now, my favorite expression, one of them is Proverbs 16:31. Say it with me. Gray hair is a crown of glory, is gained by living a godly life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a different favorite I just verse. Love that. Huh? I have a different favorite verse. Yeah, yeah. What's yours? The Lord will fight for you. Yeah. You only need to be still. Exodus. It fights 14, harder 14. when you got gray hair because you need it, though. I'm yeah. just kidding. Just kidding. I, I really like that. I couldn't find it, though. There's a version that said, gray, uh, gray hair is a mantle of wisdom. Can we get an amen on that from all you gray hairs? Yeah. Anyway. The idea is gray hair typically means you've been around a while, you're older, lower experience, probably made more mistakes because you've been around longer, hopefully learned from those mistakes, and hopefully been more, be able to focus more on what God would have you do as a result. In other words, more hindsight, more 2020 vision, seeing more clearly what God would have us do. Amen. Amen. So hindsight is good. Hindsight is valuable. Hindsight it's import, it is important. So long as we look back, hindsight's okay as long as the lens is clear. So oftentimes we look back, our hindsight is through a distorted lens, an unfocused lens, a lens that is not reality. Our challenge occurs is then we look back and we see things like we want to believe, but it's really not so. All too often, we look back and our lens is full of haze. Haze. On one hand, it might be the haze of nostalgia, like, oh my gosh, those times were so good and they seem to be better than they really are. Like, I was trying to think of an example like, Oh my gosh, when I had, when I was in labor with my kids, it was just so easy. Trust it was me. a piece of cake. You know, sometimes it's easier than not, but it was not easy, believe me. But sometimes us moms, like, forget. And that's a good thing, actually. You'd never have another We'd child, never have another otherwise. kid. On the other hand, we might be looking back through a haze of pain, <laughs> where the times that cause us to remember those painful times sometimes are worse than they really are. Either way, hindsight is far from 2020. So a good scriptural example of this is found in the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible, the Old Testament. It's the book that tells us about the Hebrews' escape from slavery in Egypt after 400 years of bondage. Here's what we find in the 16th chapter of Exodus, verses 2 to 3. And this is the New International Version. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses. That was the leader. 
and Aaron, his brother Aaron, who was the uh, spiritual leader of the community. The Israelites said to them, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate the food we wanted. But you brought us out here into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. And so up to this point, the Hebrews had already experienced miracle after miracle. The Lord brought them through a series of plagues um, against Pharaoh and Pharaoh's people. And it forced Pharaoh to release God's people out of slavery. And after their release, the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh changed his mind and he went charging after the Hebrew people. And the coolest story, God parted the Red Sea to allow them to cross <coughs> to safety. I mean, they had seen one miracle after another. They actually were very thirsty, and God changed water that was bitter into some sweet water so that they could drink it. And then he led them to an oasis for some R&R when they were, like, exhausted. And now they're hungry, and rather than trusting the Lord, that the Lord will feed them, they look back and just think about their wonderful days in Egypt. The picture here that they paint, that they say, is that they are leisurely sitting around a campfire, just eating an absolute feast. It's like they're at one of these Brazilian steakhouses or something. When are the bonbons and, coming? Yeah, you yeah. Wonder. And the reality is, is it was anything but that. They were enslaved. They were working ridiculous hours, back-breaking tasks with these harsh taskmasters. They were slaves. Their insight, their hindsight was anything but 2020. It's interesting to note that when they cried out for food, the Lord saw to it that there was quail, and also uh, put, poured from heaven. It was called manna. It was like a white substance, kind of bread-like. He took care of them. Yeah, they had the same thing every day for 40 years, but at least their stomachs got full. What's for dinner, Mom? <laughs> manna. <laughs> yeah. If they had focused on God rather than Egypt, they would have been able to clearly see with 2020 reality and God that they could see that God would provide and care for their needs. You know, hindsight can be valuable, especially when we learn from, from our mistakes, when we realize a better course of action in the future because of what we've done in the past, uh, when we don't hopefully make the same mistake twice. Our challenge, though, is to not get caught up in woulda, coulda, shoulda land. Woulda, shoulda, coulda world. This is, this is where we look back and we consider what we woulda or coulda or shoulda done differently. You know, regret. Regret's not a bad thing if it's brief and it helps us to take a better direction in the future. On the other hand, it can be crippling. It can be absolutely crippling when we look back with prolonged regret at what we did do or what we didn't do and we get hung up on these woulda coulda shouldas and we stay in the muck and the mire and things get darker and darker instead of facing looking upward toward help from God woulda coulda shoulda centers oftentimes on two words that we mutter if we don't say woulda coulda shoulda we might say if only how many of us have said if only I think 
probably all of us, if only I had done this, if only I hadn't said that. We can't get stuff back in the toothpaste tube, can we? Man, I haven't done anything yet today, but who knows with that. (laughs) The words, if only, that's what the Hebrews said. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. I mean, that sounds ridiculous at this point, but that's where they were at. That's what they said. We sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you, God, brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Mm -mm -mm. Close cousin of if only is what if. What if. Maybe you've said a what if or two. In your life, I know I have. I, I play that game sometimes. Uh, like I went to grad school right out of college out in Indiana for a year and got all my coursework done. I didn't do my final two papers. And so I do not have a degree from Ball State University. And sometimes I think, what if I had that degree in linguistics and teaching English as a foreign language? How would my life be different? And then I realize any change I make, even if if it had been finishing that degree, it changes everything, including all the good things that are a part of my life. Being here right now at this moment very likely wouldn't be if, in fact, that change had taken place. You know, I am where I am right now as a result of everything that's happened to this point, both the good choices and maybe some of the not-so-good choices, the joys and the hurts. And, you know, we got to never forget, never minimize that hurts are important too. God never wastes a hurt. That's, that's hard because we, we don't like hurts, but God won't waste a hurt. The problem with if only and what if, nothing we do is in isolation, nothing. Any change, no matter how small, changes Everything, woulda, coulda, shoulda, completely rewrites your story. There was an online article that we came across in Psychology Today. It was actually entitled, Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, The Kaleidoscope (laughs) of Regret. Dr. Leon Schetzler writes about the importance of unconditional self-acceptance. He shares that in order to find happiness and inner peace, it's crucial to let bygones be bygones, but only after getting the necessary takeaways, the lessons that we get from those times. In other words, he says, hindsight is not a bad thing. We can learn from the past, but we must not camp out there. We must not remain there, especially when it comes to the mistakes that we've made in the past, especially when it comes to regret. Hmm. Now, rather than unconditional self-acceptance, which was a focus of that article Carrie just mentioned, our focus here is on unconditional love. As we shared before, the Greeks had a word for that. It was called agape, agape love. It's the kind of love that God has for us, that God loves us no matter what. We, nothing we can do will make God love us more, and nothing we can do will make God love us any less. It's unconditional. It's the love Jesus displayed when he hung on a cross 
so that you, your sins and my sins would be forgiven and we could spend eternity in, with God. It's the kind of love that we're called to have for each other. Uh, it's also the kind of love we need to have for ourselves, unconditional love. That means to accept the, the person you are, embrace the person you are, love the person you are, flaws and all, not in a, a vain, egotistic, narcissistic kind of way, but in a God-loves-you kind of way, remembering that you are God's creation. You are created in God's image, and God don't make no junk. Say that with me. God, God don't, don't make, make no, no junk. junk. I see somebody quivering on that. You know, it's okay. It's okay. God don't make no junk. And, 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 and um, we can learn from the mistakes we make. They should guide us, but not define us. Our mistakes should guide us, but not define us. God doesn't define you by your mistakes. He loves you just as you are, but too much to leave you there. And there's nothing you can do to cause God to not love you. On our, you know, I've pushed God away, but God doesn't say, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. That's not God's nature. So no matter how hard we push, God just keeps leaning in, leaning in, leaning in, loving more, loving more, loving more. Hindsight can be healthy as long as we don't allow it to enslave us. We've shared a lot of times here um, the definition, one of our definitions for forgiveness. Forgiveness means giving up all hope of a better past. Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past. In other words, we cannot change the past. There's nothing we can do to alter the past. It's already happened. And so we should not allow the past to hold us hostage by dwelling on it. And so this, this forgiveness really includes forgiving ourselves for the things we've done. I was thinking as you were talking about loving ourselves it's really hard to love someone else fully if you don't like yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, by liking yourself, it, it's nothing about ego and pride. In fact, that is completely out of the picture. But we have to find this, this place where we can accept how God made us and embrace that. That's what we're talking about. And God does not want us to stay in those places of regret, those places of beating ourselves up, Yes, learn from them, but then move on. Accountability is incredibly important in what I'm talking about. Sometimes we do not like to be held accountable, and it is oh so important. I'm so thankful for people in this room and my family who holds me accountable. Hindsight, it is incredibly important. No matter how far we we stare, how much we stare at the past, we won't change it. And so we need to get rid of that foggy lens of hindsight and move and step forward. It is so um, interesting. A guy, Carl Kirk, stopped me on the way out, and he said he'd been praying on what we were preaching on today, go figure, and all this past week, and he said, Hey, Carrie, here's my thing. Don't ask God to order your steps if you aren't willing to move your feet. I really think that's tweetable. (laughs) 
Don't ask God to order your steps if you're not willing to move your feet. God created you and loves you a certain way, a special way, and God wants us to embrace that. In the book of Luke, that's the third book of the New Testament, uh, the four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about Jesus, what he said, what he did. Book of Luke, uh, ninth chapter, verses 57 through 62, New International Version. Check this out. As they, Jesus and the disciples, were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Wow. So when we first read this passage in Luke, it seems like Jesus is being a little harsh. I mean, that is like, ooh, toe-stepping words. And so we don't know when he says, um, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Perhaps the father isn't even sick, so he just wants to wait and put off what Jesus wants him to do. We just don't know. I've looked at some commentaries on this, and there's, there's discussion all over the map on this. But part of my takeaway, as I've been praying through this, is that I shouldn't keep my focus on things that are kind of dead. I need to look at things of God that bring life and energy and mission and service and love. It is so easy to get stuck in the dead places of our lives and situations that we completely miss what God wants us to see for this day and for the future. God wants us to keep our focus on him and not looking back in those spaces and places that don't have life. Hmm. And then the next guy wants to go back and say goodbye to his family. Again, not so sure Jesus is saying we can't say goodbye. The challenge is, what if that becomes a very long goodbye, a never-ending goodbye, and the goodbye becomes goodbye to what Jesus is calling us to, to, yeah. to, to, to follow him. I, uh, it's so easy to be distracted by the here and now, by uh, what we feel we're supposed to do here, rather than listening to what God is calling us to, and and. You know, when we can't fully see, I, I think back to when I was in seminary. Uh, I was, oh, I'm sorry, I was in licensing school to be a pastor, and there were four of us with an insurance background. The one guy's from West Virginia, I still remember. And he had felt called to ministry 13 years prior. But at that time, he had a, kid, a child or two who was about time to go to college. And his wife assured him that this was not the time to go into to ministry. Well, I, I can kind of relate to well, that. Well, we can understand that, but unfortunately for him, I mean, and God didn't ignore the call. He called him through, and he was going into ministry now. But unfortunately, he missed out on some blessings I think he could have realized of the doors 
God could have opened to take care of college for those boys. And so did she. And she too. Mm-hmm. If they just faithfully tried to follow. And it's so easy for us to get distracted by what we think we need to do rather than listening to what God. It's kind of like those pots of meat in Egypt, right? Where, oh, where God can take care of it. Yeah. Jesus knows our human nature. Well, duh, he created us. He knows every fiber of our, you know, what's inside. And, and our nature, the way he created us, is to avoid change, to avoid the unknown, to even avoid letting go of the past. But what he wants us to do instead is to step out in faith and have faith in the only one who can carry us and guide us and direct us. Stepping out in faith is not always easy. And that's because the blessing comes after the stepping out. We want that blessing beforehand, but that's not how it works. The blessing comes after the stepping. Can you say that? The blessing comes after the stepping. You've got to trust God and step out. It's not easy, but it is necessary if we are to truly receive the blessing. So Jesus then uses a a farm metaphor, which he does a couple times in Scripture. Now, I've never been a farmer. I've never plowed a field, but I know some guys who have. Hey, Frank, you've plowed a field, right? Do you do it by looking back constantly? No. Do you now constantly look back or you look ahead? You glance back, right? Yeah, but if, if what, what kind of a feel would you have if you looked like this the whole time? You'd be in bad shape, wouldn't it? Be kind of wacky. Plus, you'd go into the next farm, cross the highway. It would get ugly. Just like in your car, who drives by looking in the rearview mirror constantly? You glance at it, right? That's why it's this big, and your windshield's this big. You see the ratio there? Yeah. We're, look ahead. You glance behind. But you look ahead, you glance to the past, but your real focus needs to be on the future, on the future. Yep. Don't look where you've been, look where you're going. And that's what happens when we say yes to Jesus. It is so awesome. When we say yes and, and allow Jesus to come into our heart, the old is gone, the new has come every single day or multiple times a day, we get a chance for a new start The old is gone. The new has come. We get to try to, um, like, when we say yes to Jesus, there's an indwelling. And so we're able to see a bit through the eyes of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is in us to guide us and to walk with us. Wouldn't it be awesome to say yes to Jesus and have the Holy Spirit in? And then um, we would be able to look and see with Jesus' sight rather than hindsight and everything changes when we I mean it's really blurry right now and so I'm thinking oh it is really blurry right now but if Christ is in me praise God Christ is in me I put these glasses on and things come clear things come clear about who I am and whose I am and what I need to do and what God wants me to do and how I'm going to do it not in my power but in his power in the Holy Spirit power it's nothing about us. It's all about him. So seeing the world, seeing relationships, the person that you love, the people that you care about, with Jesus' lens, 
rather than our own? It's pretty blurry. But with Jesus, you guys look beautiful. It, you look awesome. I am so honored to stand here before you and to look out upon this awesome group of people and you guys, too, who I see on my Facebook feed. <laughs> so the question for today is, how about you? Are you stuck in the past, living in woulda, shoulda, coulda world, filled with regret, maybe? Wishing you could change what can't be changed. Um, unhappy with yourself and everything and everyone around you. And so we encourage you to start using the windshield instead of the rearview mirror. Look ahead, not behind. Say yes to a future with Jesus, a new you. Don't look back. Let the dead bury the dead. Give up all hope of a better past. Look to Jesus for a better future, a future of love and forgiveness rather than a past of misery and regret. It's what we've been promised, and God keeps God's promises, right? We've seen that. It's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, please help us to Look to the bright, glorious future that you have for us. Please help us to learn from the past, but not to dwell there. And when we look to the past, please help us to see it clearly, not with those rose-colored glasses, to see the true challenges and not those huge meat pots by the pool as we lounge and in the midst of slavery of sin. Lord, we look to you for all things. We thank you. We glorify your holy name. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Connection Church said. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.